0: welcome to the common rounds medical education for medical students by medical students
1: now we're going to go into the second episode of our basic neurophysiology so basically your undergrad of course just recapped in a very short period of time exactly so instead of you sitting through hours of lectures we'll probably hmm. do it in 10-15 minutes now. <laughs> condense so it even more
0: <laughs> we'll condense it even more okay before we talk about the sandy dough, yep. um, so we're
1: talking more and more about nerves Yep. what is a nerve Yes. So we'll go. Uh, actually, you're so jumping ahead of us. So we're going to just go through, like, let's, let's say we're going to go through what a nerve is. Yeah. We're going to go through what action potentials are, how they're generated, what are these terms refractory periods, and then also how these action potentials propagate. Exactly. Okay. So that's the outflow. So that's, that's the topic for today. Yes. <laughs> not nerve. the topic. Okay. So now what we're going to go through is your question: What is a nerve? So a nerve is a type of cell. It is a electrically excitable cell that transmits information via an electrical method as well as a chemical method. Exactly. Yep. So that's what a nerve is. And it's interesting how it's never been defined, to me anyway, what a Mm -hmm. nerve is.
0: So as we always like to do, let's define a few more important concepts before we talk about action potential. So Mm -hmm.
1: what is depolarization? So depolarization means that the membrane potential of that particular cell becomes less negative exactly so this is going back to our concept of resting membrane potential and as we mentioned resting membrane potential inside a nerve is i
0: think negative 70 Mm -hmm. and so depolarization is when you bring that negative 70 closer to actually a positive territory zero and above yep Mm -hmm.
1: what is hyperpolarization hyperpolarization is the opposite where the cell becomes more negative Mm -hmm. so that yep Exactly. That's all I need to say about that.
0: And you might come across terms like an inward current or an outward current. An inward current is something that goes inside the cell. It's usually um, a positive charge and that brings up the cell. So that causes a depolarization by making the cell more positive. And an outward current is a current that's leaving the cell, Mm -hmm. usually positive as well. And that causes, Uh if you lose negative, if you lose positive charge to the outside environment, the cell is going to even become more negative. And what's that called again? An outward current or a hyperpolarization.
1: Hyperpolarization, that's right. Yeah. And we mentioned the term action potential. What is that all about? So, an action potential is the property of a cell that allows uh, a depolarization to occur and then that transmits this particular depolarization throughout the um, throughout the entire Exactly, structure. So, that's kind of
0: your electrical current traveling through
1: the, um, the
0: nerve. Yep.
1: Um, and what is a threshold? Because that's a really mm. important concept. So, it? it's kind of like a... Uh, the trigger potential so uh, i i made that term up but it, it basically just means that it's this particular point when the membrane potential would then trigger a uh, action potential to generate yeah because remember how
0: we mentioned there were two types of iron channels there was ligand gated and there was voltage gated mm. so in my i in my mind you know uh, threshold mm. is the point at which those you know specific voltage gated channels begin yep. to open Okay, and that really cool. brings the charge up much quicker inside the cell. Yes. So we've mentioned what a neuron is, though. It's also important from what we're going to talk about to discuss the neuronal structures as well. Yep. So let's mm-hmm. close your eyes and imagine a circle. Mm-hmm. Imagine a circle with a lot of hair at the top or a head
1: <laughs> with a lot of hair at the top. Yep. What's the hair at the top called? Okay, so that would be the dendrites or the yep. inputs where um, where they, they join onto other things and they receive inputs. Exactly. On, and um, so... These inputs or the dendrites will then lead to the head of the cell, which is the cell body. Mm-hmm. Um, that's is there common. another name for the cell yep, body? Yep, there is. There's a so it's called the soma. Yep. Inside the soma, there's a nucleus, um, but that isn't quite as important at this point in time. But then what happens is from that head, you've got a um, let's say a neck. Oh, you've got a neck. or you like yep. this long string that comes down. That's called an axon, right? Yep. The point where the cell body joins the axon is called the axon hillocks. Beautifully put. And that's a very important structure because that's where an action potential actually propagates. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And so the dendrites, they receive information. The information is computed inside the cell body and it's determined whether if they want to fire or not. Once they've decided, the axon hillocks then fires the action potential. The action potential then travels down the axon. And then at the end of the axon, you've got axon terminals. Yep where some interesting things happen. Interesting things happen. That's, a, that's, that's another a episode in itself. Yes. Yeah. Okay, spoiler alert. Beautiful. So okay. so you've got
0: dendrites, the cell body, axon heloc, axon, which transmits the nerve impulse to mm-hmm. the axon terminals, and some really interesting stuff happens um, in that uh, axon terminals. Yes. So let's talk about how this action potential then comes about. So let's say there's a stimulus. We won't mention what the stimulus is yet. That's for a sure. future episode. Okay. So that stimulus causes... You know potential currents to go in initially okay and that brings up the cell into th- uh, the cell potential into threshold so yep. that threshold then opens up some channels
1: Yep. what's that channel that's usually open well one of the common ones that opens due to a depolarization an example you can use is the sodium channel right yeah and so in order to do that we need to understand a, a bit more about what the sodium channel is so the sodium channel we mentioned last time has two gates and um and we'll re-emphasize this this time. There's an activation gate and an inactivation gate. And so picture this is that the sodium channel on the outer mem- on the outer side, you've got this gate that's called the activation gate. And on the inner side of the sodium channel is the inactivation gate. Yeah. How so it's kind of like a lid, isn't it? You've yes. got an outside lid and an inside lid. Yes. Two lids. Exactly. So you've got two
0: lids. So yeah. when depolarization happens, for example, when the cell becomes more positive, both Lids have to be open to enable well, current to flow, right? Yes,
1: and usually the inner lid is always open at rest. The inner lid is always open, and the outer lid is the one that's closed. And the inner lid is called the inactivation gate. Yes, and the outer, outer lid is called the activation um, the activation gate. So, as as we were saying, so the depolar when the depolarization comes, it's the outer lid that opens up. The activation gate gets activated. Yep, yep. What and happens? then eventually, what would happen is that the cell
0: wants to restore itself, so that's when it repolarizes. Mm-hmm. So, repolarization means that the cell becomes inside the cell becomes negative again. And again, that bottom lid closes. So, the inactivation gate closes. Mm-hmm. So, having said that, let's talk about how the actual depolarization then occurs. Okay. So, do you want to maybe mention it? So, we said that you get to a threshold point and that opens up the
1: sodium channels. Yep. So, it opens up both activation and inactivation gates. And then what happens? Well, once that opens up, the so- sodium starts to come inside the cell because of the um, potential differences that we've discussed in the last episode. Because inside is more negative, outside is more positive, and the yeah. cell wants to go, uh, sodium yeah. is positive, so it wants to go into the negative space. Definitely. And so it hits a point when the, inner, uh, the, the flow of the sodium in, going into the cell gets high enough so that the cell membrane starts to depolarize and become less negative because of the influxing of the um, positive sodium current. Exactly, Yep. And so that is why you've got this upstroke in the action potential. So if you look at a diagram, it actually looks like a nice stroke
0: that's going up up Mm. into the positive territory on a graph. Yeah. But it can't, you know, sodium can't come in indefinitely. So something happens. So once you get this increasing positive channel, that causes the closure of the inactivation gate, which is that lid at the bottom of the channel. Yep, the inner lid. yep. So once that lid is closed, obviously the channel is not open anymore, so you don't get more. The sodium doesn't influx into the mm-hmm. into the cell, mm-hmm. but something else also happens because you know you can't have a cell membrane to
1: be positive. The cell wants to re- restore its resting membrane potential. Mm. So what happens then? So what happens then is that the potassium channels are also slowly opened with the depolarization. So that triggers this potassium channels to open and potassium starts to flow outside. And that hyperpolarizes the cell, or brings it back down to its resting state. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you can see after, as it drags back down, it sometimes can go past its resting state, and that's called a undershoot or a hyperpolarization after that. And exactly. What it is is just essentially the um, the the potassium kind of overshot itself and brought it a bit closer to its usual equilibrium potential. Yeah,
0: so it's actually gone down to About beyond negative beyond negative 70, so it's gone yep. to, let's say, negative 80. 80. Yep. And so what happens is now that you've got currents have been disturbed because of this inflow, mm. and you have the sodium-potassium ATPase, which then restores the current and brings yep. it back down to the mm. negative 70 resting that's membrane a, potential. Yep. So what we mentioned was some trigger mm-hmm. causes the... Sodium channels to eventually open, sodium mm-hmm. comes in, mm-hmm. that causes an upstroke, so the cells become more positive, hence depolarization. Mm-hmm. Then res- that eventually results in the closure of the sodium channels, and the potassium channels open. Yep. Potassium exits out of the cell, so the cell becomes more negative, yep. can overshoot the mark and hyperpolarize, mm-hmm. then sodium-potassium is restore the charge. Yes. Anything else you want to add for that? That's perfect. Perfect. So that's essentially it, but there's a really important concept called mm-hmm. the refractory period, um, period. yeah so you have absolute refractory and relative refractory what is an absolute
1: refractory i an think ab- the name gives it away yes an absolute refractory period means that during this period since the depolarization no matter how much you stimulate that cell you cannot elicit a second a, uh, tri- uh, a second action potential mm. from it during that period of time the reason is because that the inactivated gate the inner uh, lid of the um, sodium channel is closed so no matter how much you depolarize it, that you cannot get more sodium into it. So until that inactivation gate actually opens again, so the inner lid actually opens up, mm-hmm. you won't get another signal. Yeah, exactly. Beautifully put. Mm-hmm. And what is the relative refractory period? Because that's really interesting. Something, yeah. something special can happen there, mm-hmm. can't it? So the relative refractory period is after that absolute refractory period when the um, inner lid actually opens up again. So because of the repolarization, is yes, it? Yes. So now you have a chance to stimulate it. But what is happening at this point in time is that potassium is, the potassium channels are still open. And that means that you need a really high, a really, really strong stimulus mm. to actually stimulate that particular point um, in the cell to trigger an action potential. Because you also have to compete with uh, potassium as well. Exactly. So during the relative refractory period, you just need a really a stronger than normal stimulus to actually trigger a action potential
0: and in absolute refractory, nothing. No matter how much you stimulate the cell, you're not going to get an action potential. In re- relative refractory, if you give it strong enough, then it might actually cause an action potential. Yep, that's it. Um, so the question that I've always sort of struggled with is that how come you know mm-hmm. if if we're talking about ions here mm-hmm. and they can diffuse anywhere once they get into the cell, mm-hmm. how come you you only get um, action potential going in one direction and not backwards? That- um, actually, yeah.
1: should we talk about how the action potential actually propagated first? Mm-hmm yes definitely and so you need to um when we're talking about that keep keep the refractory periods in mind and then you might uh that might answer why the action potential only flows in one direction not the other mm, yep. yeah yeah okay. so mm. do you want to go for it uh, actually i'm happy for you to lead. Sure. Really. so as we
0: mentioned mm-hmm. once you get depolarization inside the cell becomes more positive and some of those ions inside the cell mm-hmm. transfer um, you know diffuse into the adjacent section inside the axon. And again, so that causes that part to become more positive, so potentially bringing it up to threshold, Mm -hmm. and that can then trigger another action potential. So you get these repetitive diffusions across Mm. the axon until you reach the axon terminal. Mm. And that's why um, this action potential can propagate. But the question is, the diffusion... Can occur in both directions. Can can go yes. backwards and forwards. Yes. But you, I think we've alluded to it already. How come it only goes in that direction? And you yeah. had a really
1: good explanation. Yes. So when the um so if you yeah so inside a cell and in action uh, inside an axon as well the cell the diffusion as you mentioned does go both ways. But the way it came from on the the side that where it came from the the potential uh, the channels themselves are in the absolute refractory period exactly. phase. Yeah. So, despite the uh, flow of currents as well as or despite the raised membrane potential or the, the diffusion of ions, nothing will really trigger them to send a, uh, to set off a signal or open any of the gates. It's the ones that haven't been touched yet. The ones downstream are the ones that are actually affected. The ones upstream aren't because of the absolute refractory period. Yeah. So that's essentially why. A um, electrical signal only goes down one one direction. That's right. So that's why that refractory
0: period is so important, not just from a stimulus point of view, but also from moving the current in that particular direction. Very smart design. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Mm. Just to finish off this talk, let's talk about Mm. very briefly on conduction velocity. So what dictates how rapidly things travel? Mm. And there are two important concepts that you come across in your readings. So one is the time constant. Okay. And one is the length constant. Mm -hmm. So let's talk briefly about the time constant. So the time constant. If you look at the formula, it Um, uh, the formula depends on resting membrane uh, sorry membrane resistance and membrane capacitance Mm -hmm. and what the time constant tells you is that how quickly can a cell depolarize Mm -hmm. and so we mentioned that it's dependent on um, membrane resistance and membrane capacitance so if there's lots of membrane resistance it takes a long time for the ion to diffuse across the Mm -hmm. the membrane so it takes a long time for the action potential to be generated Mm -hmm. if there's high membrane capacitance the more energy is required to dissipate that capacitance first mm-hmm. before you can then trigger
1: an action potential. So that's the mm-hmm. time constant. So that the response time. Uh, so the higher the resistance or the higher the capacitance, the response time of that uh, the generating the. The depolarization depolarization yeah. is longer exactly it? okay that's right so sure. do you want to
0: briefly explain what the le- length constant is about because okay. that tells you how yeah. far the action potential can go without
1: losing too much energy yes so the longer the length constant that means that the longer is a um it, the signal will propagate down, um, yeah. and so that's dependent once again also on the membrane resistance, but also this concept of in- internal resistance. And if you look at the formula as well, so the increase in internal resistance means a shorter um, length constant, uh, as well as a smaller membrane resistance actually increases the length constant. Is that no, correct? no, Excel is aware. So a smaller, oh no, yep. okay. a smaller membrane resistance. No, that's
0: okay. Smaller membrane resistance causes um, uh, causes a smaller length constant, and the reason why that's important is that so. If your membrane resistance is really high, what what, the reason that's important is that you're not going to lose electrons. uh, So you're not going to lose ions across the membrane through diffusion because they're not going to move across the membrane. So that means there's more ions Mm -hmm. inside the axon available to propagate the charge. Mm -hmm. But also like a wire, if you think about it from an electrical concept, if there's lots of internal resistance, the ions are not going to be moving that quickly. Whereas if you reduce the... um, internal resistance of the axon, the ions can move more freely across the, uh, um, through the axon and therefore propagate the charge without losing too much energy. Hmm. But the question is, how do you firstly affect membrane resistance and how do you affect the axon's internal resistance? So hmm. in terms of uh, membrane resistance, I think, you know, myelation, so that the layer of lipid that's often around the axons mm-hmm. can increase membrane resistance. So therefore prevent excessive loss of ions across the membrane. Mm-hmm. And that can mean that the, the action potential can travel further,
1: but is there a way to increase internal or decrease internal resistance in an axon? I think um, increasing the nerve fibers diameter yeah. would that would decrease the, uh, the internal resistance. Exactly. exactly. And
0: that's important for when we talk about um, sensory fibers in, in future episodes and how, quickly they're transmitted across okay the other point to remember is that you have these structures so the myelin sheath is not this constant sheath that's around the axon you have these little gaps and what are the gaps
1: called again they would be called the nodes of Ranvier so they're the um, the segments between the myelin uh, myelinated uh, segments. Exactly. Okay. And they're important because that's where
0: the ions can then diffuse into the cell. And that's why then you can mm. constantly propagate the charge yep. um, and not lose too much energy. So it's a very rapid way of conduction. So to summarize it, time constant tells you how quickly you can depolarize. Yep. Length constant tells you how far the action potential can travel without losing too much energy. Yep. And both are um, uh, so the length constant is dependent on a membrane resistance as well as internal resistance, whereas the time constant depends on membrane resistance, but capacitance. So that's the difference between the
1: two. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want to add? Well, and then uh, also another part of the summary would be that increasing the nerve fiber diameter means that it's a faster conduction. Yep. And in having myelinated uh, nerves also means the faster conduction because well. you lose less energy through um, yes. diffusion across the membrane mm-hmm. so that's it for this episode guys, thank
0: you so much for tuning in, mm-hmm. um, we're going to talk through potentially sign- what happens once the action potential reaches the, den- uh, the dendrite, uh, sorry the, um, uh, the axon terminals yes. and what happens at the synapse so some mm-hmm. really interesting talks ahead so uh, tune in next time for, um, for further um, talk on, on neurophysiology thanks for listening Our episode today was put together by our executive producer, Gautam, and our co editor,
1: Cindy. For notes, elective experiences, and much more study resources, visit our website on thecommonrounds.wordpress.com. Or visit us on Facebook
0: and follow us on Twitter. If you like our episodes, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It means a lot to us. You've been listening to The Common Rounds. I'm Hamid. And I'm Andy. And we'll see you next
1: time. See you.